Hello. Thank you for joining. It's episode three of Kiss the Waves. Thank you guys so much for listening. For everyone who was blessed by last episode, thank you so much for reaching out to me and expressing that. It's important that I know that what I'm sharing is effective. And I do know. I know that it's effective. I know that it's helpful. I know that it's blessing people. But it really encourages and motivates me to continue to be transparent and to continue to share my heart when I know that I have an audience that's receptive and that fills me. So thank each and every one of you who um, are listening, who've shared. It means so much to me. I've said from the very beginning, any and everything that I do, it's not for praise or accolades. I don't want to be famous here. I want to be famous in heaven. So fame is like the last thing on my mind. What I'm concerned with is helping people make sense of what it is that they're going through. And in the moments when they can't make sense of it, to have enough character and enough strength and enough wisdom to be able to walk themselves through the trials that they're facing, knowing that the God who placed them in the circumstance is there with them. So my goal is just to increase the awareness of God in our lives. I learned a few years ago that being God aware is not about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking about yourself less, which I think is really important. So today I want to talk a little bit about apologetics. I'm not going to keep you long because it's Sunday morning and I have to finish getting ready for church, (laughs) but I just didn't want to let another day pass without sharing. So I would not consider myself an apologist, although I think my life and the course that is taken is like a great argument as far as apologetics are concerned, because I've been on both sides. I've played by the world's games and um, it doesn't work. (laughs) It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's a lot of emptiness. It's a lot of fake in the funk. It's a lot of grasping, a lot of grasping without really getting anything back. And it was like always coming up empty, following the ways of the world, following your flesh, having practices that are hedonistic in nature. Sin always promises so much and delivers heartache only. So in that regard, I think I'm more than qualified to talk about apologetics and what it means to defend your faith. I've had a lot of practical conversations with people who consider themselves to be agnostic and some who consider themselves to be atheist. And I think that there's room for those kind of conversations without them getting heated, although I understand why they could. Think of think of like how heartbroken you would feel if somebody disliked someone you really love and you found yourself trying to defend that person's character, trying to convince the person that you're talking to that what they've heard about the person that you love is wrong. <laughs> That their limited experience or what they thought was their experience of that person was skewed. And that they really are good. They really are sweet. They really are loving. Um, It can get dicey. 
it can get really, really dicey. <laughs> so it's important to just like share your experience and love and be extremely understanding and understand that some things can only be relegated to prayer. Um, it is not our job to convert people. I think I need to make that like crystal clear. It is not the Christian's job to convert. It's the Christian's job to love. So I find myself often apologizing for the methods of some people of faith just because like I know I know their heart but at the same time it's like if you spend time with God like a lot of time with God you get to know his ways and before you know it you start to act like him you start to adopt his ways of thinking his ways of viewing people his ways of loving and so to me, it's always quite evident who has spent a lot of time in the presence of God and who has not. So for anyone listening to this who's had unsavory experiences with people who claim to be believers, I'm really sorry for that. That's not the heart of God. I say all the time, you can argue doctrine, you can argue theology, but you can never debate someone's experience and I've experienced God I've experienced God in a very profound and unique way and I've never been the same so I know sometimes for a Christian it can be easier to be quiet Um, I don't think that we should be confrontational when it comes to matters of our faith Um, The Bible says that that kind of behavior only engenders strife. But the Bible does also say that you should always be ready to give an answer for your faith. That you should be ready in and out of season. So giving an answer for your faith is what I want to address. How to do that. When to do that. What that looks like. Giving an answer for your faith means that somebody asked. (laughs) In some way or another. And it takes a great amount of discernment to be able to know when it's when it's necessary to witness with your mouth. I've heard the quote often that we're to preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. So, yeah, most definitely a lot of you witnessing to people is just going to be the way that you live your life. The character you have, how you interact with people, how you respond to conflict, how you respond to chaos. But more often than not, if you're in love with Jesus, (laughs) and you love what he's done for you, it's going to come out. You're going to talk about it. People who know me and even strangers who maybe follow me on social media, you know that I love my husband. You know that I love a good lipstick and you know that I love food. These are things that are evident because it's all that I talk about. You know, it's all that I'm interested in for the most part. I mean, these are these are things that are important to me for one reason or another. And I can't hide that. It's a part of who I am. The same thing goes for loving the Lord. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about a whole, whole lot of things. Whole bunch of current events, whole bunch of celebrities, whole bunch of drama, whole bunch of politics. And those things are fine and they have their place. But the main thing needs to stay the main thing. So first and foremost, be prayerful about the way that you approach situations. When I'm talking to people, I'm I'm in my head praying, Lord, help me not to be rude. Help me not to come across as um, spiteful or um, condescending. Help me to be understanding. Help me to be loving. 
and show me if there's an opportunity to pray with this person. Help me to prophesy. Prophecy is like prophecy and healing. Those things have worked for me across the board when it comes to witnessing to people um, in the midst of conversation. The Lord will give me a word and I'm able to speak into that person's life. And now I've got their attention. I mean, now they know that I'm not speaking on my own behalf. I'm speaking on behalf of, of a power that's greater than I am. And people are hungry for that. They want to know that they're valued. They want to know that they're loved. They want to know that they're cared for and sought after and thought of. So it's important to translate that. And if you have a conversation with an unbeliever and those things don't translate, then that's not a good sign. So discretion is extremely important. Love is important. Wisdom is important. And being super prayerful about what it is that you're doing and how you're doing it. It's important to ask yourself if you're trying to further your own agenda or if you're trying to do the work of the Lord. Because if you're doing the work of the Lord, you're doing it in tandem with him. You're doing it in tandem with the Holy Spirit. If you're doing it on your own volition, then it's just you. And he will leave you out there (laughs) to dry. Don't slap his name on your stuff. Don't do it. I say frequently, it is not the heart of heart of God to like have picket signs with hate speech on it. (laughs) That's not the heart of God. That's not something that we see. That's not behavior that's indicative of what the disciples did. That's not indicative of the character of God. Those are things that you did. You did out of your hate for a group of people. God's signature is not on that. That's you. And ultimately, you're going to have to answer for that behavior. So I think that's very important to think about as well. I oftentimes think about the scripture that talks about how some of us will get to heaven and cry, Lord, Lord. And we'll talk about how we prophesied that we laid hands on the sick and we healed them. And we did all this stuff in Jesus name. And God's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. So look, you can heal people. Jesus, like the word of God is Jesus. The word of God doesn't return void. It accomplishes the thing that it was sent to accomplish. So you can most definitely heal people in the name of Jesus and not really have God's heart. (laughs) That's possible, right? That's why you see some pastors who have questionable character get up on these in, in these pulpits and have these platforms and tear the house down, preach your socks off. And they have questionable lives and questionable character. It's because the spirit of God is strong. His word is his word. No matter who's preaching it, his word will not return void. So I don't I live my life in reverence of God and in preparation for that moment when I stand before him. I mean, how does that feel to be at the gates of heaven and be cast to hell for the God whose name you served in or you thought you were serving in to say that he never knew you? Ugh. Nah, I'm good on that. A lot of times, too, I've experienced this personally. Like, I'll say, well, I don't want to embarrass that person. I don't want to, I don't want to step out and, like, look stupid. And in those moments, I have to say, like, am I trying to protect that person or am I trying to protect my ego? Because ego is edging God out. So invite Holy Spirit into those moments. And he'll empower you. He'll give you the words to say, I've seen God protect moments. I've seen God make, I've seen God like seemingly make the time stand still while witnessing to somebody. And 
Look, sometimes they receive the word, sometimes they don't. More often than not, they receive it, but sometimes they don't. And you don't need to get your feelings hurt because of it. You sow the seed. And that's the most important thing. Do not argue with people about God. (laughs) Just don't do it. (laughs) Like you screaming at somebody telling them that God is love. Like (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, guys. Don't argue with people. Spirit of God is sweet. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself. God doesn't, God's not going to force himself on anyone. God reveals himself to us. We don't choose God. He chooses us. And that's something that we really need to understand. Everybody is on their own individual journey with the Lord, whether they want to admit it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not. And sometimes you can infringe on how a person perceives God by the way that you handle them. So don't do that. Be loving, be gentle, be mindful, and do all the research you can when it comes to apologetics, when it comes to knowing in whom you have believed. If you don't know your Bible, you need to start there. If you don't have a prayer life, you need to start there. Like, what are you defending if you don't even have anything to stand on? You don't have an argument if you don't have anything to stand on. And that's not saying that you have to have a whole bunch of scripture memorized or any of that stuff. But make a practice of spending time with the Lord so that you can know what his heart is for you. That's extremely important. I know the word because I live by the word. Because it's my bread. Because it's my life. I have to know these scriptures because I got to pull them up in my heart constantly. I have to pull them up in conversation. I have to pull them up in decision making. I have to pull them up in trials. I have to wear them around my neck because they're important. It's important. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in conversations because we don't know him well enough. And that's not to say that you're always going to have an answer for everything. You will not. God is the answer. So instead of trying to find the answers, we point people in the direction of the answer. And that assuages a lot of the conversations that we'll have. Look, I don't know everything there is to know about God. And I don't want to. Because if I did, then that would mean I would be qualified to be him. Some things, and I say this all the time, especially to agnostic people or people who really like, they don't want to submit to God because they don't understand all of his ways. There's no... There's no answer that's good enough for them in regards to following God. And this is what I say. What I do know about God is enough for me. (laughs) Like, just like Paul said, like, look, I know a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, the only real thing that I know is Christ and him crucified. I cannot, like, try to sway you or persuade you to come to this side. All I can tell you is that I was blind And now I have my sight and I don't, I can't give you much more than that. You know, and at some point you're going to have to relegate or resign yourself rather to the fact that there are some things that you're not going to know about God and you have to just trust what you do know about him and walk with him in love. My dad always says like, I don't know how to, how a cell phone works, but I use it every day. (laughs) Like me not knowing the ins and outs and all the details of cell phone technology doesn't ever hinder me or deter me from using it frequently. So in that same vein, like you're not going to be able to figure God out. Um, I wrote something the other day that I shared a few bits and pieces of 
on Instagram and I kind of just want to share it here because I know that a lot of people have been burned by church or burned by by Christians and that's kind of I don't know change the way that they view religion as a whole and the way that they viewed the importance of having a relationship with God which is sad and it it make it, it breaks my heart you know and I've been there I've been burned by church before but I think it's important to know that church is not a building church is a body and the bride of Christ is going to have its flaws and that's why we need Jesus because he's coming back for a bride that's pure and without blemish and without wrinkle so God's still working the kinks out if that makes sense okay it's gonna get messy people are problematic we're trying to get this thing right but God is holy and I think sometimes it's important for us to see the flaws in people because it helps us to recognize how good God is you know juxtaposed to him like (laughs) like, does it even matter he's so sweet and so precious and so purposeful and so sovereign like I can't let people keep me from him because he didn't let anything keep him from me. So I wrote, if Christians not doing Christianity right is your main deterrent for not following God, you're missing the entire point. And so what I mean is that like God is the point, right? People are not the point. People are a vehicle and a vessel that God uses, but they're not the end all be all. He could literally use anything that he wants to. People are a great resource. They're probably the greatest resource. And so he uses people because he loves us and we were made in his image. But they can't be the deterrent when they get it wrong for you not wanting to follow him. Because God's good. And as many horror stories as there are, there's so much more glory stories to be heard. And so that's why I always encourage people like, look up miracles, like Go to YouTube and research people getting healing and research, you know, these testimonies and because your faith will be increased by hearing those things. The word says that faith comes by hearing. Um, So a lot of us are hungry and a lot of us are confused. And look, you got to read your Bible, (laughs) you know, and it's so interesting to me that um, when some people want to argue the Bible, that they don't really have any real Bible knowledge. They've never really sat and truly read the word of God. Um, that's unfair because you're uneducated, you know? And so we can't really have a talk about what's in there if you don't really know what's in there. Um, and like I've said before, you can't read the Bible void of the Holy Spirit either. So um, being involved with God is, is an exercise of faith. You know, it's, it's, it's all encompassing. And so you really have to get outside of yourself. And I think that's, that's like one of the major issues is, learning how to step outside of what you know or what you think you know and really allowing God to walk you through this thing, you know, with no inhibitions. Um, that, and, and it's a God thing. It has to be a God thing. It has to be a heart transformation. Um, it, has, it has to be open. Like, it has to be about transparency. It has to be about vulnerability. Um, and so if you're not willing to do those things, then I don't think that um, you're going to get much out of it, honestly. I mean, and there are those, those stories that I've heard about, like, God radically, like, coming into people's lives and completely changing them. You know, when you think about Paul in the Bible, like, he was Saul. He was chief among sinners. His words. He literally killed Christians. God strikes him blind and reveals himself to him and reveals his purposes to him. And he's changed forever. That doesn't happen to everybody. Sometimes you have to be like actively involved and intentional about having a relationship with God in the beginning. Like sometimes that's just how it goes. And then this walk, man, this faith walk is not a cakewalk. So 
you're gonna have to like continue to to seek God and to try and to put yourself out there and it is extremely rewarding but it takes it takes time and it takes patience and it takes like I said vulnerability so I went on to say that the focal point of our faith is not our own inadequacy it is his mercy and extravagant love which empowers us to show one another grace and live peaceably with one another if you observe someone who claims to be filled with the Holy Spirit and a follower of Christ yet they have no peace and you can see no real fruit no good fruit in their lives then they're probably not the best example and when, when I say that I mean that Like when people really spend time with God, like I mentioned before, the fruit of God in their lives is very evident. It's very evident. And nobody can really argue that. And it's different from like you just encountering good people. You know what I'm saying? There are some people who are not believers that are sweet, loving, good, like awesome people. Their fruit is still going to be different from someone who is anointed, um, filled with the Holy Ghost sanctified that's nothing against that person but i'm just telling you like it is what it is it's going to be different fruit okay and the fruit from god lasts eternally it doesn't just come in this life it it comes in the life to come if you're agnostic or atheist and you've done no research on apologetics concerning the christian faith you're doing yourself a huge disservice and will not have much to offer up as far as discourse on the matter is concerned educate yourself first and then engage in the conversation that's for people who are agnostic or atheist and want to have conversations about faith some of them don't and for those people that's totally fine (laughs) like you don't care you don't care to know you're not interested in the christian faith like but for those who do want to have conversation about the christian faith then it's important that both parties are educated that makes sense I went on to say that you have to experience Jesus. You have to encounter him in order to follow him with your whole heart. We're not doing this thing because we've been taught to. We're doing it because we've been romanced by God. There's no place for fakers in the kingdom of God. So while I'm sorry if that's all you've encountered, my empathy only goes as far as your objectivity. So, and I think that last statement is pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean at all. But at some point, we do have to be objective, you know, in the way that we have conversations about these kind of topics. Um, We have to be open minded. And that goes for both sides. We have to be discerning and wise and we have to care about one another, you know, but it's unfair to both parties if we come into a conversation uneducated, especially a conversation about what we're living and dying for. So I hope that that helped. Um, My only real advice is to love, read your Bible and pray, (laughs) Um, which I think is enough. I could have probably just started and ended with with those three things. But if you want to have a conversation further about apologetics or if you need prayer on how to defend your faith or just want to have more of an open dialogue about it, please contact me. Kedu.mitch at gmail.com. K-E-D-U dot m-i-t-c-h at gmail i'm interested in your perspective and your opinions and your comments and all those things please subscribe to this podcast please share it with anyone you think would benefit from it and pray for me guys because life gets real and so there will be sometimes lulls in between episodes and i want you to know that i'm not doing that because of a lack of productivity or 
a lack of motivation or encouragement. Life is just happening. And I'm also super prayerful about what, when, and why I share what I share. And so I pray that you'll appreciate that. Love you guys so much. Please visit MitchandGunner.com. Please visit TheCocoHue.com. Please follow me on uh, social media. Those links are going to be in the description of this podcast. And have an amazing day. I love y'all.